Welcome to Bible Education Institute. My name is Reverend Herman Kelly. Today we will continue the book of Revelations, and we are in chapter 17. And the title on uh, chapter 17 is Babylon, the prostitute in, on the beast. So the prostitute on the beast. And we'll be reading out of the NIV, the New International Version. And that's just basically make it easy. So what I'm going to do is read that chapter. It's a short chapter. And then I will go into um, a Matthew Henry's concise commentary on the whole Bible. And this will tell us what this means because, um, because Revelations is allegorical or spiritual method. The image of uh, the images and events are figurative, a deeper meaning of spiritual truth and symbolic numbers. It's kind of like an allegory. You know, allegorical is an allegory. Uh, it's like if you've ever read um, Pilgrim's Progress, which was written, you know, back I think 1600s, 1500s, but it's an allegorical story and it just tells about a, a, a person um, that's going through um, how to become a Christian and stuff, but it it does it in a story form. So it has like like certain ones meaning another thing. So that's what it really stands for. Okay. So that's Revelation chapter 17, verses 1 through 8. That's the last, the last book in the New Testament, the last book of the Bible. And the verses uh, 1 through 18. Okay. So let's get started. Oh, before we get started, though. I always want to read you what the Bible is, and I got this from uh, Dr. Vodi Bakum. You can find him on YouTube and put him in the search engine and you and put in uh, uh, Vodi Bakum Ministries, and you can you know, follow him on that. And so I got this one of his teachings off of YouTube. The Bible, a reliable collection of historical documents written by eyewitnesses during the lifetime of other eyewitnesses. 40 authors, 66 volumes of books, a span of 1,500 years. In three continents, Asia, Africa, and Europe, written in three languages, mainly Hebrew and Greek, a little in Aramaic. Hundreds of subjects and topics. And that's why we can believe in the Bible. And there's witnesses to that also. Plus, as you go through the Bible, everything coincides with everything. So it's amazing how it all works. And plus, you know, uh, you have to come by faith uh, um, as a child and believing this is God's word. So it's really up to you whether you choose to believe God or not. But he, le he left us his word and he's given us everything we need. So let's get started. Okay, chapter, uh, Revelation chapter 17. Uh Babylon, the prostitute on the beast. One of the seven angels who had the seven bowls came and said to me, Come, I will show you the punishment of the great prostitute who sits by many waters. Verse 2, with her, the kings of the earth committed adultery and the inhabitants of the earth were intoxicated with the wine of her adulteries. Verse 3, then, then the angel carried me away in a spirit into Wilderness. There I saw a woman sitting on the scarlet beast that was covered with blasphemous names and had seven heads and ten horns. Verse 4. The woman was dressed in purple and scarlet and was glittering with gold, precious stones and pearls. She held a golden cup in her hand filled with abominable things and the filth of her adulteries. Verse 5. The name written on her forehead was a mystery. Babylon the Great, the mother of prostitutes, and 
of the abominations of the earth. Verse 6, I saw that the woman was drunk with the blood of God's holy people, the blood of those who bore testimony to Jesus. When I saw her, I was greatly astonished. Verse 7, then the angel said to me, Why are you astonished? I will explain to you the mystery of the woman and of the beast. She rides, which has the seven heads and ten horns. Verse 8, the beast which you saw once was now is not and yet will come up out of the abyss and go to its destruction. The inhabitants of the earth, whose names have not been written in the book of life from the creation of the world, will be astonished when they see the beast, because it once was, now is not, and yet will come. Verse 9, this calls for a mind with wisdom. The seven heads are seven hills on which the woman sits. Verse 10, they... There are also seven kings. Five have fallen, one is, the other has not yet come. But when he does come, he must remain for only a little while. Verse 11, the beast who once was and now is not is an eighth king. He belongs to the seven and is going to his destruction. Verse 12, the ten horns you saw are ten kings who have not yet received a kingdom, but who for one hour will receive authority as kings along with the beast. Verse 13, they have one purpose and will give their power and authority to the beast. Verse 14, they will wage war against the lamb, but the lamb will triumph over them because he is Lord of lords and kings of kings. And with him will be his called, chosen, and faithful followers. Verse 15, then the angel said to me, the waters you saw where the prostitute sits are peoples, multitudes, and nations in languages. Verse 16, the beast and the ten horns you saw will hate the prostitute. They will bring her to ruin and leave her naked. They will eat her flesh and burn her with fire. Verse 17, for God has put, put it into their hearts to accomplish his purpose by agreeing to hand over to the beast their world authority unto, unto God's words are fulfilled until God's words are fulfilled. Verse 18, the woman you saw is the great city that rules over the kings of the earth. And that's the end because we go to, to verse 18 and that's the last for that. Now, let us go to the next one. Next book. Okey-doke. Now I will be reading from Matthew Henry's Concise Commentary on the Whole Bible. Chapter 17. Number one, the apostle is invited to see the scarlet woman, verses one through two. Number two, he describes her appearance, verses three through six. Number three, the mystery explained to John, verses seven through twelve. Number four, her ruin foretold, verse 13 to 18. One of the angels who had the vials explains the meaning of the former vision of the, the anti-Christian beast that was to reign 1,260 years and then to be destroyed, one through six. The angel interprets the mystery of the woman and the beast that had seven heads and ten horns, verse 7 to 18. Okay, now, chapter 17, 1 through 6. Here we go. Rome clearly appears to be meant in this chapter 
pagan Rome subdued and ruled the military uh, with military power, not by art and flattery. She left the nations in general to their ancient usage and worship, but it is well known that by crafty and politic management with all kinds of deceit and unrighteousness, Papal Rome has obtained and kept her rule over kings and nations. Here were allurements of worldly honor and riches, pomp and pride suited to sensual and worldly minds. Prosperity, pomp, and splendor feed the pride and lust of the human heart, but are no securities against the divine vengeance. The golden cup represents the allurement and the delusions by which this mystical Babylon has obtained and kept her influence and seduced others to join her abomination. She is named from her infamous practices a mother of harlots, training them out to idolatry and all sorts of wickedness. She fills herself with the blood of the saints and martyrs of Jesus. She intoxicated herself with it, and it was so pleasant to her that she never was satisfied. We cannot but wonder at the oceans of Christian blood shed by men called Christians, yet when we consider these prophecies, these awful deeds testify to the truth of the gospel, and let, and let all beware of a splendid, gainful, or fashionable religion. Let us avoid the mysteries of iniquity and study diligently the great mystery of godliness that we may learn humility and gratitude from the example of Christ. The more we seek to resemble him, the less we shall be liable to be deceived by Antichrist. Okay, remember what Antichrist is. Antichrist is those against Christ, you know, and who's behind all that? Of course, it's Satan. Verse 17, uh, chapter 17, verses 7 through 14. The beast on which the woman sat was, was and is not, and yet is. It was a seat of idolatry and persecution, and is not, not in the ancient form, which was pagan, yet it is. It is truly the seat of idolatry and tyranny, though of another sort of form and form. It would deceive into stupid and blind submission all the inhabitants of the earth within its influence except the remnant of the elect. This beast was seven was seven heads, seven mountains, the seven hills on which Rome stands, and seven kings, seven sorts of government. Five had gone by when this prophecy was written. One was in the being. The other was yet to come. This beast, directed by the papacy, makes an eighth governor and sets up idolatry again. It had ten horns, which are said to be ten kings who had as yet no kingdoms. They should not rise up till the Roman Empire was broken." but should for a time be very zealous in her interest. Christ must reign till all enemies be put under his feet. The reason of the victory is that he is the King of kings and Lord of lords. He has supreme dominion and power over all things. All the power of earth and hell are subject to his control. His followers are called to this warfare, are fitted for it, and will be faithful in it. Okay, this is the last section, chapter 17, verse 15 to 18. God so ruled the hearts of, those, of these kings by his power over them and by his providence that they did those things without intending it, which he purposed and foretold. They shall see their folly and how they have been 
bewitched and enslaved by the harlot and have been made instruments in her destruction. She was that great city which reigned over the kings of the earth when John had this vision and everyone knows Rome to be that city. Believers will be received to the glory of the Lord. When wicked men will be destroyed in a most awful manner, their joining together in sin will be turned to hatred and rage, and they will eagerly assist in tormenting each other. But the Lord's portion is his people. His counsel shall stand, and he will do all his pleasure to his glory and the happiness of all his servants. And that ends that. Let me give you some scripture. John chapter 6, verse 44 and 65, NIV. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them, and I will raise them up at the last days, verse 65. He went on to say, This is why I told you that no one can come to me unless the Father has enabled them. Romans chapter 5, verse 10, NIV. For, for if while we were God's enemies, we were recounseled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been recounseled, shall we be saved through his life? Matthew chapter 11, verse 20 to 30, NIV. Jesus said, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls verse 30 for my yoke is easy and my burden is light and let me stop and give you some salvation scripture Romans chapter 10, verse 9 through 10, the King James Version, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God has raised you from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believes in the righteousness, with the mouth confesses and made salvation. Romans chapter 10, verse 13, King James Version, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Romans chapter 10, verse 17, King James Version, so in the case, so then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So, remember, God has to be drawing you. And whether it's your first time to this podcast or whatever, um, but God drew you to this, and you could be already a Christian, or you may just be, you're not sure if you're a Christian or you're not a Christian or whatever the case may be, but God drew you to this and somehow you found it or whatever, and that is so you can hear his word that he wants you to hear. So why do we need Christ? Well, because we all have broken God's more laws the Ten Commandments. Have you ever lied? The Ninth Commandment says, you shall not bear false witness, which means lying. We all have lied. And remember, it doesn't matter how long ago it was or, or trivial, trivial we think it is to God. Remember, God is holy and His standards are very high and ours are extremely low. We accept anything, pretty much. Especially these days in which we live in and now. But to the ninth commandment is we're already broken at. And the Bible says if you broke one commandment, you've broken them all. So we're already guilty. But I'm going to give you a couple more. Uh, the sixth commandment, you shall not murder. Have you ever hated anyone? According to Jesus, you already committed murder in your heart. That's two. Have you ever looked at another person with lust? The seventh commandment says you shall not commit adultery. According to Jesus, you've already committed adultery in your heart. We've all done this. 
You know, we've all broken God's moral law, even though we may not think so or we rationalize or whatever the case may be. But I'm just telling you, we are guilty in need of a Savior. Jesus is that bridge. Right now we have, for those who don't know Christ, you have no bridge. So that means you can't go to heaven because you got to go through Jesus. you got to go the way God has commanded us to go, which you have to go through Jesus. But once you come, you humble yourself as a child. You repent of your sins and you put your trust in Christ Jesus alone. That means you transfer the trust from the, the trust from yourself and you give that trust to Christ completely and wholly and solely. Then you will be saved. And from this point on, start reading the Bible daily and find a good Bible-believing teaching church so you can grow. You learn how to how to serve and most of all, learn about God, you know, everything. And there's some good, there's some good, I'm going to give you some good uh, resources that will help you to grow, you know, or if you're a Christian, been a Christian a long time, and you just like learning, that's that's me, I'm the same way, you know, and uh, so and I, I do this because I love people, I want to see as many people go to heaven as possible, but you know, God has to draw you, because nobody, the Bible says no one's looking for God, you know, so God has to start drawing you. If you're one of his children, I know a lot of people don't like that because they think they have a say in whether they're saved or not. But it's like this. God knows he created us. He already knows us. He knows from the foundation of the world who's coming because he's God. He's omnipotent. Remember, he's sovereign. What does sovereign mean? Sovereign means he, he can do whatever he wants to do because he's the king. He's sovereign. And that's just how it is. But people think that, you know, we have a choice in all things and we have complete free will. We have some free will, but we don't have complete free will. That is not so. Because if we had complete free will, we would already have destroyed ourselves and everybody else around us. That's how that would work. Because we're inherently evil. In fact, the Bible says the heart is deceitful. Who would know it? And so it's deceitful and wicked. You know, our heart's deceitful and wicked. Because it's like this, people say, oh, they got a good heart somewhere under there, really? Well, how about this, then? If you believe inherently that God's, uh, I mean, that people are good, which we're not, but you say that you think that they're good, then leave your door open at night. Like, especially if you're in a bad area, leave the door open since you believe people are so good. Don't lock it or nothing. Don't even worry about it. I'll leave your wallet or your purse on a park bench and stuff. Just leave it there because nobody's going to bother according to that belief system. And no one does it because they know better, but they don't... Uh, the problem is people don't think. They don't critically think. They just, like, hear these little sayings and like that, and they just go with it. You don't know. You need to really think about that. That's why when you read the Bible, you pray, you talk to God, and you think about what you're reading. You know, you critically think. And you'll be surprised that God will open your mind and open you to His truth, and you'll see it's like blinders fall from your eyes. So what I would say is, you know, if you're serious about God, then ask God to come into your heart and your mind. Come as a child and, and um, repent of your sins. Ask God to forgive you of all your sins. And then I'm here to put your trust in Christ alone and open up the Bible and start reading. I, I would suggest if you're not used to the Bible or you knew your baby Christian or whatever, you just came to Christ. 
to start start in the New Testament, and I would suggest you read the book of John because it's got all, all your basics in there. Then go back and read all the New Testament and then start in the Old Testament. But remember, it, it helps if you get like these books, Matthew Henry's Concise Commentary on the Whole Bible and a Bible Dictionary, one that, that has Hebrew and Greek. So certain words you can find and stuff. You know, and, and then get some books on uh, uh, church history, especially New Testament history, so you can get the basics down and what was going on at that time and what they were meaning. It helps, so you can get the whole context. So, I would give my life to Christ as fast as for me. Like, once I realized I was lost and on my way to hell, I asked God for forgiveness and put my trust in Christ alone. And he's been with me the whole time helping me. Yes, I fall all the time and make a lot of mistakes. We all do because we're in a fallen body. But you keep going. You repent. You ask God for forgiveness. Then you keep trucking on. And that's how you do it. Let me give you some resources. You can watch. Uh, now, all these you can you can watch on uh, YouTube and their websites. Dr. Vody Bakum. He's on YouTube. Living Waters with Ray Comfort. LivingWaters.com. R.C. Spro with Ligonere Ministries. Answers in Genesis with Ken Ham, AnswersGenesis.org, Wall Builders with David Barton, WallBuilders.com. And he gives you, he also has a, a daily radio show that you can just go online and listen to. Um, so you just go like Wall Builders Radio Live or whatever, and you can get it, and you can hear the recordings of it too. And he teaches American, a, a, a Christian American history and a lot of other good stuff is really good. Dr. Walter Morton, waltermorton.org. Uh, Pastor Jeff Durbin with Apologia Studios. You can also listen to him on an Apple podcast. But I would suggest you would go to his website, which is apologiastudios.com, and go... And go and he's good. like they fix it now where it's pretty easy. You you can go on there and look at the list of what you can click on, and it has either Bonson U or Dr. Greg Bonson, and he was a great seminary professor. Um, and the family took all, all of his audio recordings through the years, and they gave it, they donated to Apologia Studios, and they remastered it and cleaned it up and everything, you know, digitally. And you can literally get a free seminary education. It is fantastic because I listen to it from time to time myself. If you would like to correspond with us, uh, the email is bobeducationinstitute at gmail.com. Uh, and then we also have a new website. It's not a fancy one. It's just I got something that was free. So it's not a like a really easy uh, website but I can give it to you. And it's also at the bottom of the podcast and videos and stuff. But it is 5, lowercase d, lowercase b, lowercase e, 1182, lowercase e, 5831.site, lowercase s-i-t-e, 123.lowercase me. And But, you know, hopefully, or you can copy and paste or click on it or whatever. You know, if it's at the bottom of the uh, the information part, Below the podcast and on the videos. Um, you could also uh, hear us in, on these platforms. And that is uh, uh, YouTube and Rumble. 
Also, listen notes, Luminary Podcast Player FM, HeliumRadio.com, Helium Radio Network, Spotify, Apple, Amazon, Amazon Music, Overcast, Chrome, G Potter, Firefox, Safari, iTunes, Audible, Alexa, Google Podbean, Internet Explorer, Podcast Addict, and many others. Also on Telegram, Getter, Twitter, Facebook, and Gab. And here's some more good teachers, some of the same ones you've heard. Dr. R.C. Sproul, at her Ministries. Uh... Doug Wilson, Gary DeMar, Pastor Jeff from Durban. You can find all these on YouTube also. Pastor Joel Webber with Right Response Ministries. Dr. James White, he's on YouTube. And you'll find him on Apology of Studios also. And Dr. Willie Bacham, of course. And these are really good things. Let me find you. And I get a lot of used books, the books you would need and stuff. You can find at a new or used Abe Books, A-B-E-B-O-O-K-S. This is all online. Thrift Books, Amazon, Alibris, A-L-I-B-R-I-S. And you can put in what you're looking for, like in your Google search or search, and it'll pop up the different sellers of whatever you're looking for. And also another good resource, if you go in your search engine, put TCT Network, you can go down to Faith and History with William Federer on on-demand programs and watch as many times as you want. He teaches you about... Faith and history, that means, you know, American around the world, Christian history, and he's a great, great speaker, and it's very interesting, you know, and he just gives you the whole thing. It's really interesting. Another one for the Old Testament is uh, Ancient Jewish Wisdom with Rabbi Daniel Lappin, but he's no longer on there, but you can find him on YouTube with his wife Susan Lappin, and he also has a website, RabbiDanielLappin.com. And on there, it'll be Susan's musing. She has a uh, she has a blog on there. It's really good, very interesting. And you can you can find them also on, on like YouTube, all their teaching stuff. You know his teachings, and sometimes she'll help them stuff. But it's really good. So remember, until next time, remember read your Bible daily without fail and do what it says.